KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. This is KYW News Radio in depth. I'm Matt Leon. Those enhanced unemployment benefits that had been helping people during the course of this pandemic, they were allowed to expire earlier this month. So what now? This is going to have a real impact on society and the economy on many different levels. We wanted to talk about this, so we reached out to Dr. David Robinson. He is a professor of economics at LaSalle University. Important conversation. Give a listen. So let's start. I mean, there's been a lot of talk about these enhanced unemployment benefits uh, since they were originally put in place uh, in one form or another at the beginning of the pandemic. But what just expired, kind of uh, talk about what we were talking about. It was an extra $300 a week from the federal government, correct? There are actually four programs that just expired. The first one is the extra $300 a week. The second one is the extended benefits So states usually give 26 weeks worth of benefits. The federal government gave some extensions. Third piece was for people who were part-time workers who also did gig work, say for drove for Uber. And the fourth type was for the freelancers or self-employed people who lost work. All four simultaneously ended. And before we talk about the ramifications, do we have, I mean, I can't imagine they weren't incredibly important and incredibly successful. But do we have like tangible ideas of the impact these enhanced benefits have had through the life of the pandemic? Yes, there there are lots of measures that show that um, families were able to keep going in some sense based on having this. And despite the fact that there were certainly increases in, say, um, people going to food cupboards and trying to get additional help, the fact that the government was providing them with those extra $300 or the extended unemployment benefits, which might be four or $500, that, that extra money kept families going for some period of time. And there's, a lot, again, a lot of evidence that that also then helps the economy, right? So if those people are spending $500 they wouldn't otherwise have, that keeps the economy. It seems to me that when the dates for these to expire were put in place, it was uh, there was a lot more optimism about the state of the pandemic. And I think a lot of people thought, well, by September, we should really be on the off ramp and it's time to get back to, to work and get back to normal. And are we just kind of, you think, lacking political will to kind of double back on this and say this needs to be reevaluated? It, it seems to me that it's mostly a lack of political will or the battle between the two parties to some extent over extending it. Um, Certainly it would make sense to do it um, in the hardest hit areas. But right now the hardest hit areas are the Republican ones. And they're the ones who are screaming the loudest, don't extend it, which is kind of weird, but that's the way it's currently working. And we actually, there were some states, most if not all, I think with Republican governors who actually pulled these benefits off the table earlier do we have data on the effects? Did that get, because I think the mantra I remember hearing was it's time for people to get back to work. And in my opinion, the lazy trope that people are just sitting around collecting this extra unemployment and don't want to work. When Once these benefits were pulled off the table before, is there any indication that it really moved the needle at all in the states where it happened or did it have a 
not really an effect on on employment. It had a very, very modest impact on in unemployment or employment. So roughly one out of every eight people who lost the benefits in those states which cut them off early, roughly one out of eight did move into work. That means seven out of eight are not receiving benefits or working, which of course is very scary for those people and their families, right? So you're raising young kids and you have nothing from the government and no income because you've been unable to find a job. That's got to be a terrifying situation. How long do you think, because as we're talking here, I think it's been about a week since these benefits expired, or a work week, I should say. When do you think we will start to see data that will kind of show the impact this is having on the economy and on society, frankly? We'll take probably three to five months to be able to see the data very clearly. The uh, monthly jobs reports and those kinds of things will keep rolling out, and we should know in several months. But based on those past studies, if one, only one out of eight actually finds and takes that next job, we'll see a big reduction in consumption. Consumers won't have the money to spend. And so it may show up a little earlier, maybe only two or three months, till we see it through the consumption data. Yeah, in addition to the consumption, what are other metrics, other data points that you'll be looking at that we could really see affected by these benefits being pulled off the table? The main one is, in fact, consumption. But we're also, I also tend to study the job numbers and how many jobs were created and how many jobs were filled in a given month. And this past month, there was way below the expectations in terms of number of new jobs filled. And so that may also be a sign of hesitancy based on the spread of the Delta variant. But it'll take three months, probably. We'll know. It seemed to me that earlier when we put when I said earlier that when these dates were put in place, uh, there was more optimism about the situation with the pandemic. From an economic standpoint, I mean, until we get the pandemic under control, we're not going to get a full recovery of the economy. Right. We're going to have it looked like things were going great. And now we get all this data that's kind of all over the place again. Is this going to be life until we get things on the under control? Um, yes, this is going to be life until it's some, at least under better control. The fundamental problem is as we try to ramp, back, ramp the economy back up and call people back to work and those kinds of things, that's exactly when the Delta variant started to spread, which led a lot of firms to postpone bringing people back. Um, it's you know, travel surged through the summer, and now it's starting to fall off again because people are afraid to travel. Well, that's going to hurt the airline industry, and there will be other issues going on. So, yeah, it's going to be a while, and we're going to keep seeing a nice month followed by a rough month, and then maybe two good months and a bad month. And that's just the way it is right now. How much, and this is kind of a broader big picture question. How much do we kind of hurt ourselves economically and as a society by being so stringent with these benefits and, and forcing people to jump through hoops for these benefits? Aren't we making life 
just tougher for a lot of people for not really much of a reason? Yes, in my opinion, um, that's unquestionably the case, particularly if you compare us to many place, many countries in Europe where the benefits are much more generous, longer lasting, and there's also a lot more retraining. So one of, one of the current problems is there's a jobs versus skills mismatch. And you can't take a food service worker and turn them into a nurse, right? We have a nationwide nursing shortage. You don't have a food service worker become a nurse instantly. They've got to go to school. They've got to go through some sort of, they've got to go through training and education to get there. So we've, you know, like we have this mismatch of jobs and skills is one of our big problems right now. One of the things that I remember early on when the pandemic first hit and there were just these waves of unemployed people, people that were suddenly unemployed. We heard all these stories about how the systems were over overloaded, overrun. And you heard stories about the computer programs were from the eighties and they actually had to bring people back because a lot of the employees didn't know how to update them and stuff. And have we learned lessons at all? Like overall, like to make things easier or, is this pulling these benefits back and not really a lot of talk about doing anything new just kind of show even after all this, we're kind of looking at this problem through the same old lens we always have. I would suggest the political lens hasn't changed. So we're continuing to do those same things. We're making, you know, like the Democrats and the Republicans making the same old arguments they've always made. And given the semi-dysfunctional government structures we're currently working with, yeah, we're just going down the same path. Now, that said, some states have modernized their computers to deal with unemployment benefits better. And, you know, like there has been progress compared to at the start of the pandemic when essentially every state was overrun with new claims. So what do you think we will see happen here with regards to, do you think we could hit a point I know, like I said, there hasn't been a lot of talk about extending this again, but, you know, in another month, if we start to see stories and the data starts to come in that things are really turning in a bad direction, do you think we could see something resurrected here to to try to help? Or do you think we're just going to ride this out one way or another? Well, that's a, that's a really good question in the sense it asked me to predict politics, and I got to admit, I'm pretty good at predicting the economy. I'm not very good at predicting politics. So my hope would be that if it if the data start to indicate that the economy is slowing substantially, there would be a renewed push to provide a stimulus to help the unemployed and so on. But there's no certainly no political guarantee that we would go that direction. And are you worried about looking at this through an economic lens? Are you worried about what the next couple of months could look like uh, without these benefits on the table now? Yes, I certainly expect consumption will slow and, and there'll be a number of other challenges. And it's all of those challenges taken together that worry me. And let me just mention just a few of them. So one challenge is that a lot of baby boomers have elected to retire. In the middle of the pandemic, that's been a reason to move to full retirement. So we're losing skilled, educated, high experienced people. A second concern is the people who can't get back to work because of lack of childcare 
for kids not being in school. And I know they've tried to get all the kids back to school, but you can find outbreaks in schools. Well, with no childcare and they go back to online learning, that's gonna be a, a, an additional problem. And then there's problem that we haven't fully vaccinated and right, so we have all of these different problems intersecting. And that then the final one I wanna mention is the supply chain problems. So there've been significant supply chain problems. One of the impacts of that has been that food prices in particular have gone up rather dramatically. Anybody who shops regularly at a grocery store knows that food prices are up substantially. And when you look and you go, okay, so I don't have my unemployment benefits or I don't have the extra benefits and food prices just went up, how do I take care of my family? And so all of these things are gonna just come slamming together over the next several months. And I, I have no real idea whether there's gonna be political will to try and address the issues. When we look at with these unemployment benefits going away, are there certain industries that this will really have an effect on or you know, certain people that used to work in certain industries that this will, this will really be a heavy burden on? The heaviest or most affected industry was the leisure and hospitality industry, hotels and restaurants in particular. Uh, that, those two areas account for 35% of all the people who lost their jobs. And that's part of the skills versus available jobs mismatch. Those people can't move into tech jobs or be nurses or become a teacher overnight. And so the ending of the benefits for them is, is the biggest nightmare. And again, because they don't have skills to take other jobs, if they don't have benefits, I don't know how they're going to be able to take care of their families. And that to me is a terrifying thought. Pass the extra money the extra $300, you, you talked about when we started all the different programs that were going away. It seems to me, wouldn't it make sense in the big picture to craft out these situations for gig workers and stuff like that, not just under an emergency, but we hear so much about the gig economy, it would seem to make sense to kind of have a a set of parameters specifically for those people and allow them to be part of, you know, when they lose their job. It, that seemed to not just be good in the short term of a pandemic, but given where we are and type and what we see in the economy, that seems to make better long-term sense. Am I, am I off on that? No, I don't think you're off at all. I think it would make sense to restructure unemployment benefits in, and there are all kinds of ways that it could be done that would be, provide stronger incentive to take a job if you can, and at the same time, better support the people who don't find that job. And that's, a again, a political will question. But there's no question that economists can design better program than our current one. Give me some ideas. I don't mean to put you on the spot, but what are some things you would like to see? If you were asked, uh, give me your ideas for how we can make this better for everyone, what would you say? Well, there are a lot of um, variations by state. There are a number of states where if you take a job, the first benefit you lose is child care coverage, which, of course, makes no sense. I did not have a job, but I had child care coverage. I take a job and I lose the child care coverage. That's bizarre. Um, so we should make sure those things don't happen. 
And then the other one I, I think would really help a lot would be um, when you take a job right now in most states, the unemployment benefits go away way too fast. So if I take a minimum wage job and I only get a part-time job, I still lose all of my unemployment benefits. And that part-time job is not sufficient. So I look at the offer and I say, no, I can't afford to take a part-time job because I'll lose all of my benefits. If instead I only lost part of my benefits, I'd have an incentive to take that job. So again, it's designing the system to provide incentives to work and not punishment for work, which is the way I tend to view a lot of the systems state by state across the country. And isn't it, I don't want to get you know, too philosophical, but to that point, isn't it because it seems to me that overall, we look at things as unemployment as the workers' problem. They are doing something wrong. They, quote unquote, don't want to work, however you want to phrase it, instead of a systemic problem with how our employment base is set up and it's archaic and doesn't cater to you know, what society is today, shouldn't we kind of flip the lens of how we look at this? And instead of looking, as you said, of a, you know, punishing people, we look at it as, as helping people get to where they want to go. I certainly would would approve of that approach so that if we provide better education, training, those kinds of things, we can transition workers from one type of industry to another type of industry the coal miners who lost their jobs years and years ago now, but even now they're still losing coal mine jobs as natural gas takes over in terms of producing electricity. Those workers can't walk out and grab another good, well-paying job. So we need to make sure that we're giving them some sort of training, some sort of support system to move them to another highly productive area. That's it for this episode of KYW News Radio in depth. You can listen to the podcast free anytime on the Odyssey app, and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Matt Leon, and we'll have another episode out soon. <laughs>